Alpha tonight. If we haven't met yet, my name is Meredith, and I am just, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> I am so excited to get to be here with you guys tonight. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's just been so refreshing for me this quarter to like be in person. Um, I got pretty tired of Zoom last year, and just having the quarter to like be in person has been amazing, and like meet people face to face, and like get to see you guys every week has been so refreshing for me. So I hope it has been for you as well. Um, tonight we're going to be continuing our quarter-long series, which we're calling Anchored. So if you've been here with us, you probably know that. Um, if you're new here tonight, uh, just to catch up, we have been talking about being anchored and the things that we should be anchoring um, our lives in as followers of Jesus. Or in other words, what things should we devote ourselves to and what things should we be basing our lives on? And so far, we've talked about being anchored in community, we've talked about being anchored in truth, and we've, been talking, and we've talked about being anchored in the gospel. So tonight, we're going to continue that by talking about what it means, what it means, hello, am I still on? Okay, now I'm on. <laughs> um, tonight, we're going to continue that by talking about what it means to be anchored in discipleship. So I know... <coughs> I know I haven't met every single one of you guys yet, but I'd be willing to bet that most of us have probably had some experience or been involved in some activity in our life that has demanded a lot of us, right? So for example, maybe you played sports in high school, and you're like, man, in high school I had to be up every morning and do practice in the morning, and then every afternoon I had to be back at practice and I had games on weekend. Weekends. I can't talk tonight, sorry. <laughs> Or maybe you are a theater kid, and you're like, I have been at rehearsal like every night of the week for my entire life. Or maybe you're someone who is uh, really into academics, and you're like, I take AP classes, I get good grades, I study hard. And that's like a demanding part of your life. There's lots and lots of different things that we've probably all devoted ourselves to before, right? So for me, in high school, that thing was showing dogs. Um, <laughs> for those of you d who don't know me super well, I'm a huge animal lover. Uh, my husband and I actually live with some friends right now who have two dogs, three cats, and four horses. And it's super fun. I love being around that many animals all the time, except when they wake me up at like 5.30 in the morning. That's happened a few times this week. Not cool. Uh, so I love animals, and uh, in high school, my outlet for that was dog showing. I mostly did uh, something called 4-H, which if you don't know what that is, that's okay. Oh, some of you do, yay. <laughs> um, it was super fun, and it pretty much what we did is a bunch of high school kids would get together, and we'd practice training our dogs with each other. And so we'd do things like advanced obedience training, where you have to like make your dog lay down, and then stay down for five minutes till you walk out of the room, and then everyone else in the club like distracts them, and they have to stay there. It's pretty cool. Um, or you have to like have your dog walk through a crowd and like stay right next to you. So uh, needless to say, it was a little bit nerdy, but I had a lot of fun and made a lot of really good friends that way. And as I got better and better at showing dogs, I had some cool opportunities come up uh, where I actually got to work for some like professional handlers and breeders. And so if you've ever like turned on the TV around Thanksgiving, there's a, sh a dog show called like the Westminster Dog Show. Or the National Dog Show. Yeah, either one. <laughs> but that's what I got to be involved in, is stuff like that, like these really big fancy dog shows. And at first, it was really, really fun. 
and I enjoyed it a lot, and it was kind of like flashy, and I was like, wow, I'm pretty cool. I'm like professional. Um, but as I like kept getting deeper and deeper into this world of like dog showing, I was like, wow, these people are really into their dogs, like really into their dogs. So imagine like the biggest RV you guys have ever seen, like really, really long. These people would have these RVs, uh, and they would take out all the normal things that you'd expect to find in them. So like chairs, tables, beds, and instead it would be like dog stuff. <laughs> so like dog beds, dog toys, dog crates, like ceiling to floor sometimes. Um, also, a lot of them didn't have kids, or maybe like their kids were grown up and like out of the house, and they would call their dogs their kids, like literally instead, and they would like talk about them like they were their kids. And I got to the point where I was like, you know, this is like cool and fun, but these people are on a whole nother level than like I can go to or want to go to. I realized that it was more than a job or a hobby to them. It was like a way of life, like a very intense way of life. And needless to say, I did not deem dog showing or dogs worthy of my entire life devotion. So I ended up kind of going in a different direction. But tonight, I want to ask us, is there something that actually is worth devoting our whole life to? There's definitely a lot of things that we could devote our life to, right? Like, I could have gone down that road. I could have become a crazy dog show lady. A lot of us could devote our life to sports or education or a career or hobbies, you know? But all of these things are temporal, and if we build our whole life around them, I think we'll end up being very disappointed. So like Ethan taught us last week, the only thing worth our entire life is following Jesus. And the act of doing that, the act of devoting our life to Jesus, is called discipleship. So tonight, we're going to be talking about what it means to be anchored in discipleship. But first, let me go ahead and pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight. Lord, thank you that we can be in person. Thank you, God, that we get to um, just be here and make friends and talk with each other and learn from you and learn from your word. Lord, I pray that um, as I speak tonight, Lord, you would use my words for you and your glory. Lord, I pray that you would speak to in each individual person here and to us as a community about what you want for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Uh, well, to start things off, can I get my Bible pathers to come forward, please? If you guys are here tonight and you don't have a Bible and you would like one, this is just our gift to you. Just raise your hand up high and they will get one for you. Thanks, guys. So what exactly is discipleship? This is kind of a big word, right, that we don't use a ton in our day-to-day -day language here in America. Um, but if you were living in Jesus' time and you heard the word disciple, you would have known exactly what that meant. Back then, a disciple was a young person who left everything in their life in order to devote themselves to a teacher. Okay, so you might equate this to like a grad student's relationship with their advising professor, but like way more intense. The disciple would literally, literally leave behind their entire old life to go and be with this teacher. 
they would travel with them, they would eat meals together, they would listen to them teach, they would watch them interact with the world, and they would absorb how they did things. They would learn from them, not to like just pass a test or get a good grade or something like that. They would learn from them because they wanted to adopt their way of life. And the reason that they did that is because they believed in what they were teaching. So in the same way, as we read through the New Testament and we hear Jesus talk about his disciples, um, Jesus is calling his followers to like come and be disciples, not just followers, right? Following Jesus is more than just going to church on Sunday. It's more than just like checking a box when you're asked like what religion you are. Jesus doesn't ask us to come and just be an audience for, them, for him. He invites us to come and participate in what he is doing in this world. He invites us to come and be his disciple. And so today, I want us to look at three different aspects of discipleship. Okay? I want us to look at a call to leave, a call to be with, and a call to multiply. So first, we're going to go ahead and look at a call to leave. So grab your Bible and turn with me to Mark. Uh, We're going to be in chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. So Mark, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. It says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Okay, so what exactly is going on here in this passage? Well, first of all, we see that Jesus is going on a walk beside the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two different sets of brothers. First, he sees Simon and Andrew, and then James and John. And what is interesting is that these guys are out, and they're in the middle of their work day, okay? They're in the middle of their career. They're fishermen. They're working for their family business, out with dad, making a living. And it's literally right in the middle of their work day, of all this activity that they're doing, as they're cleaning and getting fish and fixing nets and patching boats and doing, I don't know, whatever, whatever fishermen do, Jesus walks up and says, hey, stop what you're doing and come and follow me. And he doesn't say, you know, guys, come follow me, but hey, take a few days. Take some time, let your family know, pack your bags, get your affairs in order, and then come join me. He says, no, come follow me right now. Can you guys imagine that? Can you imagine like being in a class, like your professor's in the middle of teaching and someone walks in and is like, hey, stop what you're doing and come follow me? Or like, can you imagine being in the middle of a work day, like a shift at work, and someone comes up and is like, uh, stop, leave your boss, come follow me? Like, what? <laughs> but that is what Jesus was asking of the disciples. And what is amazing is that they say yes. They say, yeah, I want to come, I want to follow you. And they leave everything in their old life behind, and they immediately choose to join Jesus in the new life and new purpose he has for them. Did you guys know that Jesus asks the same thing of us today? 
Just like the first disciples, if we want to follow Jesus, he asks us to leave our old life behind. He asks us to leave behind all the things that we like used to live for. And instead, turn in a new direction and live in relationship with him. And that means saying no to the things that he says to say no to. It means saying yes to the things he says to say yes to. We move our allegiance from like ourselves and this world to Jesus, whose ways are perfect. In Mark uh, 8, 34 to 35, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. You see, in this story, while the brothers seemed initially to be giving up a lot, there was a reason that they were so quick to follow Jesus, right? They knew that what he had to offer them was so much better than anything else. Yes, being a disciple of Jesus means leaving behind our old way of life, but the life that he has to offer is better than anything else we could ever imagine, right? Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will actually save it. So tonight I want to ask you as you like hear me talking about this, like what things is the Lord bringing to mind? Like what things is the Lord bringing to mind that are like part of your old life that maybe you like just haven't quite let go of yet? Is there anything holding you back from going all in with Jesus? And if so, like what is that? And what can you do today to say no to that and yes to following God? Okay, so that's our first aspect of discipleship. The second one is a call to be with. Okay, a call to be with. Mark thir- or excuse me, not 13. Mark 3:14 says Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Do you guys catch that? It's sneaky in there. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. I think sometimes we picture Jesus just kind of like doing things by himself, right? Like when we when we read Bible stories, we might think of him like up on a hill preaching to people or like, I don't know, healing people. Um, and maybe we just like picture him. But I don't really think that's how it was. Like Jesus was with the 12 disciples all the time. So when he's doing these things, like the disciples are with him. For three years of his ministry here on earth, Jesus poured his life into these 12 guys. He ate with them. He traveled with them. He taught them. He asked them to join him as he was like performing miracles and ministering to people. He answered their endless questions. There's a lot if you read the New Testament. He cared for their needs. He loved them and he even called them his friends. So just like we've been learning all quarter, you guys, like God wants to be with us. And Jesus like demonstrated that um, as he spent time with the disciples. So Jesus doesn't just ask us to like leave behind our old life just for the heck of it. (laughs) He doesn't ask us to leave behind things and just like leave us hanging. The reason for the first one, the reason why we leave is so that we can be with. We die to ourselves so that we can be alive with the very author of life. 
so what does that look like today? Like, how can we do that? Because Jesus isn't, like, physically here on earth with us, right? So how, for us as disciples of Jesus, can we spend time with him? Well, it might sound simple, but really, like, we need to read our Bibles and pray, right? Like we, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the Bible is God's word to us. You know, it's where he tells us how much he cares about us. It's where he shows his character. It's where he instruct us, instructs us how to live. And so if we want to know God, if we want to be with God, we have to spend time reading his words to us. And that doesn't have to be hard or complicated, right? Like, open up your Bible in the morning. Pick, pick um, a psalm or read through one of, like, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Um, and just read a chapter a day and write down what you think about it. Write down what you hear him speaking to you. We also have to talk to him, right? If you want to have a relationship with someone, if you want to spend time with someone, we need to talk to them. Um, and the way that we do that is through prayer. And I think that sometimes when we hear that word prayer, we can, like, get really intimidated, right? Like, ooh, I don't know, if I hear someone praying, I think of, like, someone in a really fancy church saying, like, thee and thou. <laughs> but that's, like, not always what prayer is. Prayer is really just talking to God, just like you would a friend. You can pray out loud, you can pray silently, you can pray with friends, you can write it down. Like, I love journaling prayers. I know, um, yeah, like, prayer is so, so important. Um, yeah, sorry, I lost my spot on the page for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, so prayer is so, so important. And I think that um, when we think about prayer, we think about, like, friendship, because that's how we talk to the Lord, right? Um, and if you think about, like, actual friends that you have, you don't want to have a friendship where you're just, like, talking about that friend with another person. You want to have a friendship where, like, where you talk to the person themselves, and it's the same with the Lord. I know for me in my life, the single biggest change in my walk with God was when I started spending daily time reading his word and talking to him. I think there's a lot of things you can rely on other people for in your faith, but you have to take ownership of your relationship with the Lord. So tonight, I want you to ask yourself, how are you doing at spending time with God? You know, are you like one of the first disciples who spent most of their time hanging out with Jesus? As you walk around on campus every day, are you like aware of him with you? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you learning from him? Just ask yourself, honestly, like, how are you doing at that right now? And ask yourself, how is God asking you to grow in that tonight? Okay, so the third and final aspect of discipleship that we're going to go over tonight is the call to go and multiply. Okay, the call to go and multiply. Um, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It says, Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
So for some context, these are Jesus' last words to the disciples before he left earth. These are like his marching orders before he left. And what does he tell them? He tells them, go and multiply. Go make more disciples. Go make more of yourself. The wording here in the original language actually means as you go. So this would read, as you go about your life, make disciples. For us today, it would mean as you go to class, as you eat dinner in the Cirque, as you hang out with your friends, as you go home for the weekend, as you do everything in your life, make disciples. So what Jesus is saying, that this is what our new life purpose is. So no longer do we just like go to class to study and get a good grade. Guess what? We get to go to class with the purpose of telling our classmates about Jesus. And no longer do we just look for a job just to like make money and have a career. We look for a job with the purpose of helping our coworkers get to know our God. Does that make sense? So when we say yes to being Jesus' disciple, we don't get to stay the same. We let him reorient our goals and our priorities, and we let him give us a new purpose. At the beginning of the message, we asked, is there something that is worth devoting our entire life to? Is there something that is so good, so life-giving, that is worth giving our life for? Jesus' original disciples said yes. They left everything they had to go and to be with Jesus because they knew that he was the only one who could give them real life. They knew that he was a good God who was worth following. If we are claiming the same thing that they did, that Jesus is the one who gives us eternal life through his death on the cross, that he is the author of truth, that he is the one who provides real, true community, doesn't it make sense that we would share that with our friends as well? Doesn't it make sense that like we would also go and make disciples? Like, Why would we keep that to ourselves? I think one of the easiest ways to share Jesus is just to like bring him up in a conversation. So if you're reading your Bible and you're learning from, from it, just like tell people that, right? Like this is part of your life. Don't keep it a secret. If you are, you know, going to Kyalpa or you're going to CORE, you're going to church, just like bring that up in conversation. Um, and it opens so many doors. You have no idea like how God is going to use that in other people's lives. So tonight, as we close and the worship team comes up, I want to ask you, what is God speaking to you about being anchored in discipleship? What is God speaking to you about being anchored in discipleship? Where is he asking you to grow? For some of us, maybe we just need to take that first step and like surrender our old way of life to God. What is he asking you to leave behind from your old life? What is he asking you to let go of? For others, maybe we need to relish our time with him. Maybe we need to learn to talk to him throughout our day, to work on reading our Bible and praying and getting those basics down. And for others, maybe God is asking you to start sharing him with your friends. You know, who are your classmates? Who are your coworkers? Who are your friends? Who are the people you sit by every single day who need to know about God? Have you ever thought about inviting them to CORE? Do they know that you love Jesus? 
Who is he asking you to share him with? What is God asking you to do as your next step? So as they set up, I'm going to go ahead and pray to close us. Jesus, um, thanks so much for who you are. God, thank you so much that you are a God who invites us to be your disciples. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not just like us watching you and like seeing you do things, but thank you, God, that you, act, you ask us to like actively participate with you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight and show us um, what our next step is and how we can grow, Lord. Amen.